What is design thinking? So design thinking is basically a religion where people believe in two things. The first is that design has a solution for every problem in the world. It doesn't matter what it is. Sales, education, science, global pandemic, design will take you to a solution for your problem. The second is that design can be done by all people. Skills, training, experience, talent, none of that matters. All you have to do is to believe in design thinking, follow the steps, and you can start doing design like now. And obviously none of that is true. But this is what I tell people when they ask me what design thinking is. Another thing I say is that design thinking is actually an incredibly successful information product and the marketing campaign. So today we're going to charge through the history of design thinking to unpack the true meaning of it. My name is Mehmet Aydan Baytash. I'm a scholar of design and I've read many books and taken courses and gone through videos and all of that about design thinking, where people explain what design thinking is. But no one talks about the big picture. So by going through the story of design thinking today, I want to show you the big picture. So let's go. What we call design thinking today is actually born as a research question. How is it that designers think? How do they do what they do? And one of the first people to write about design thinking is John E. Arnold. He is a professor of mechanical engineering and business at MIT and then at Stanford. And he's interested in the question of design thinking because he wants to have a science of like creativity and invention and innovation. And he wants to use this in engineering and business. Arnold is an extremely fascinating person. In the 1950s, he lays down the foundation of how we think about design and innovation today. But he's not as famous as some of the other people that we're going to talk about because he passed away in 1963 when he was only 50 years old. But then in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, a lot of other people have followed up on the topic of design thinking. Bruce Archer, Herbert Simon, Nigel Cross, Horst Rittel, Donald Schoen, these were some of those people. And some of them are actually active today along with scholars like Eric Stoltermann, who was our guest in the previous episode. And they talk about some interesting like themes. You know, one of those things is that design is Uh, its own discipline. It should be recognized as a profession. So if you think about things like engineering or science or medicine or even art, these are reasonably well established. People know what these are. So if someone asks you what you do and you say, I'm an engineer, then they're going to be fine with that answer. But here's a true story. The last time I was filling out a form and someone asked me about my occupation, I was not allowed to write down researcher. I was also not allowed to write down designer. So I had to say I'm an engineer because that's what I went to school for. So design thinking research wants to substantiate design as a discipline or a profession. These scholars of design thinking, they make the argument that there are designerly ways of knowing. There are designerly ways of doing things which are like distinct and as valuable as, let's say, scientific knowledge or, uh, you know, the, the methods that engineers use to do things. So we should organize our schools to teach design properly and we should have like designer as a job on forums and things like that. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense because these people who do this work are scholars of design and they want to have schools of design where they can have jobs and so on. But then obviously the question is, well, What are these designerly ways of knowing and doing things? So a lot of design thinking scholarship actually tries to answer this question. The people that I was name dropping earlier, their job is to study designers and figure out how they do what they do. Then they write these articles and books and they teach these lectures and courses in order to educate designers, but also to educate everyone else to 
understand design and to cooperate with designers. And really interesting things come out of all of this like academic research. They talk about models, they talk about concepts, frameworks, but a process that you can actually use in practice is very difficult to produce with this kind of academic research. It has to come from actual practice. And the most well-known definitive design thinking process comes from a company called IDEO. So IDEO is a design company from California and they are a design consultancy, which means that they don't manufacture or sell the products that they create, but they design these products for other companies. They're actually famous for having designed the first mouse for Apple. So IDEO is like the original gangster of design in California. Today, IDEO is arguably the most successful design company in the world. I mean, they've been around for like 30 or 40 years, and this kind of continuity by itself is extremely impressive for a design consultancy. And one of the most important reasons why this company has been so successful for so long is that they have massively expanded the scope of what design means and thereby what kinds of projects they can take on. You have to understand that today, IDEO is a company that employs close to a thousand people worldwide. They're involved in like branding, electronics, marketing, healthcare, software development, management consulting, education. There's no limit to what they can do today, but when they started in the 70s, IDEO was basically a couple of friends working on like little mechanical engineering and industrial design projects. So how do you go from that little shop to the giant worldwide company? You do this by defining a culture, a way of doing things, a process that you can take and apply to all of your different projects. This process needs to have its roots in the design and engineering practice where the company originates. This process needs to be framed and described in a way that you can take and apply to all of these new business areas that you're interested in. This process is design thinking. And this design thinking is the same design thinking that scholars have been teaching and studying since the 50s, because this is where the founder of IDEO, David Kelly, got his education. David Kelly graduated from Stanford in the late 70s from something called the Joint Program in Design, which was called that because it was a joint effort between the Department of Engineering and the Arts Department. And check this out. The Joint Program in Design at Stanford was something that was initiated by none other than John E. Arnold. He was the one who proposed the idea of human-centered design and doing engineering education and design education together in the late 50s. Unfortunately, he passed away before he could implement this plan, but other people at Stanford have continued the work and they created this program where David Kelly went to school before he started IDEO. Now, David Kelly and his colleagues take this education, they take these ideas, they take these concepts, the language from academic research on design thinking, and they use this to to plan and, and like coordinate their projects and also to explain what they do and how they work to the rest of the world. Now, I've been talking about design thinking as a process for a few minutes, and I haven't said anything about what the actual process is. Like, what is the recipe? What are the steps? Well, at this point in history, it actually hasn't been defined yet. So this is the 90s. IDEO is practicing. They are using design thinking, but they haven't actually put it into a package. They haven't written it down. They haven't made it into a brand or a product. In fact, if you look at the way that IDEO talks about their work during this time, they actually never use the phrase design thinking. There's a famous TV show from 1999 called Nightline, where they visit IDEO and they go through this process of an entire project from start to finish. For 20 minutes, people from IDEO are explaining what they do, and no one ever says the word 
design thinking. In 2001, David Kelly's brother, Tom Kelly, who's a partner in the company, actually wrote a book about IDEO's process called The Art of Innovation, an entire book. And the phrase design thinking doesn't appear anywhere in this book. I actually have the ebook. I have searched in the ebook and I've gotten zero results. But then in the 2000s, this is where we see the productization of design thinking. We can see this in some of the other books that Tom Kelly has published. In 2005, he released The 10 Faces of Innovation, where he does mention design thinking, but only three times. And then in 2013, he and David Kelly released another book called Creative Confidence, where they do talk about design thinking. There are like 50 references to design thinking in this book. So clearly, something has changed. And what has happened is a change of leadership at IDEO. In the year 2000, IDEO has a new CEO, Tim Brown. I have to confess that I am very intrigued by him. I think Tim Brown is an absolute genius. And this is not because he talks about clever ideas, which he does, but it's because of what he never talks about. Tim Brown has a very powerful secret. Tim Brown is also rooted in academic design thinking. He's an Englishman and he has studied during the 80s at Northumbria University and the Royal College of Arts. And these are also like hotspots for design research and philosophy. It's actually probable that he's studied with people like Bruce Archer and Christopher Frayling, who are like central figures in research and philosophy about design. So like David Kelly, Tim Brown has received these ideas in this language from his academic training. And Tim Brown is quite possibly the biggest contributor, the driving force behind how design thinking is defined as something you can apply in any business. The work of Tim Brown is dedicated to promoting design to business people. If you search for Tim Brown on YouTube, there's hours of him talking about design and how great it is for business. He has literally written the book on design thinking, which is called Change by Design. And in case you're wondering, in this book, he talks about design thinking more than 150 times. If you go to designthinking.ido.com, which we could consider like the definitive resource on design thinking on the internet, this address, this website, actually used to be Tim Brown's personal blog until a couple of years ago. So Tim Brown is like the ultimate design thinking missionary. He's like an apostle of design thinking. But here's what I find super interesting. Tim Brown is all about design. He's been to design school. He's been a designer. He talks about design, you know, very straightforward. But Tim Brown has a secret. There's something that he never talks about. And this is actually where we find his genius. The genius of Tim Brown is that he has taken IDEO and he has taken the idea of design thinking and he has masterfully applied to these things something that we call productization. Productization is a word that I've learned recently. I've seen it in the work of Jack Butcher, who in turn has picked it up from Naval Ravikant. But I'll save the stories about Jack and Naval for a different episode. I want to get to productization, which is when you take a service business, such as a design consultancy, such as IDEO, you take the knowledge, the expertise, the methodology that makes this business successful, and then you create information products from this. So if you have a successful design consultancy like IDEO, you take your process, you write it down, you give it a name, and you start selling your knowledge about how to do design or how to run your business as a product. This turns your service business into a 
product business. And this is what Tim Brown has done. I mean, this man is an absolute master of productization. He is a genius of strategy and branding and marketing. And I've never seen any speeches or articles or anything where he actually talks about this strategy. But here's what I think has happened. As head of IDEO, he realizes that as a pure service business, there's only so far that you can go. Even if you are the best in the world, the nature of the service business is that you have to spend a lot of your time selling to people, and then you have to spend a lot of time executing. So if you stop pushing, the machine is going to stop. So he gives a lot of his attention instead of a service into developing a product, design thinking. He writes articles and books. He launches websites where they explain their methods. In 2015, they even launch an online school called IDOU, where they sell courses and certificate programs in design thinking. And this is absolute genius because it has results that keep increasing and compounding. It creates what they call a flywheel effect or a positive feedback loop. First of all, obviously your books and workshops and courses on design thinking are themselves kind of revenue sources and many of them earn money while you sleep. And then a lot of people start learning these methods and applying them. So you get a lot of these success stories or case studies which prove your methods for free and they drive demand to your main service business as well as your information products. And your recruitment gets easier because now you have thousands of people all over the world who are studying and practicing your methods. I mean, think about it. The people that you hire, even the freelancers that you work with, they have all been trained already in the, in the methods of your company on their own time and they might even have paid you for it. And all of this massively increases the perceived value of your service business. There are hundreds of companies today where you can hire people to come and do design thinking for you or come and like teach that to your employees. And they will cost you like hundreds or thousands of dollars, but there is only one IDEO. There is only one original gangster of design thinking in the world and they regularly work for million dollar projects. This is the work of a genius, and it's fascinating that Tim Brown never talks about it. But he's a master of business. I mean, even his book, Change by Design, is equally related to change management and innovation management as it is to design. And yes, I can confirm that he never directly refers to change management or innovation management in this book. So this is the story of design thinking as we know it today, which I joke around with and I say it's a religion with David Kelly as its prophet and Tim Brown as its apostle because it has a massive following today. And these different factions like IBM Enterprise Design Thinking or Google's Design Sprints, it is also widely and extremely misunderstood, I dare say, by most people, including the people who practice it, who sell it, and who teach it. Because originally, at its core, design thinking is not about becoming a designer. It's not about doing what designers are supposed to do. Design thinking originally is about studying and appreciating designers as experts in creative work. It's about cooperating with them. Even today, if you study the design thinking of IDEO, if you read their books and go through their courses, which I have, you will see that it's not actually a simple recipe that you can take and implement. It's more like a set of exercises. It's like going to the gym and lifting weights. It's something that you have to develop and maintain over time. If you actually talk to people at IDEO, you hear them talking about design muscles because this is something that you need to keep exercising. You can't just pick up design thinking in one day. So ironically, 
the truth of design thinking has little to do with thinking. Doing is the truth of design. We're going to continue talking about design thinking. In future episodes, we're going to look into the box. What is this recipe of design thinking? What are these exercises? What is it for? And where does it not work? We're going to answer these questions in future episodes of Design Discipline. So subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Design Discipline, D-E-S. I-G-N-D-I-S-C-I-P-L-I-N. And for the ultimate experience, visit our website and subscribe to our newsletter at designdiscipline.com. D-E-S-I-G-N-D-I-S-C-I-P-L-I-N.com.